1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 971 mobilecom one FM Talk Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Mark Cox Morning Show. We are monitoring what's going on up in New York City right now, where uh, today is the day where they'll have closing arguments in this this very biased case that the New York State Attorney General uh, has brought against Donald Trump. And, and of course, you know the situation with the judge up there. He's a Trump hater, and he he's decided that the president wanted to do his own closing arguments, and they told him that he cannot do that. So his attorney, Alina Hobbes, says, well, whatever you're afraid he was going to say, we're just going to say it anyway, to pointing out the fact that I just heard a legal expert on Fox say that they had spent um, a long time researching this. And here's how outrageous it is. They could not find a single other case in the history of New York City courts where somebody was taken to court and prosecuted under this law. Not one. Wow. If that doesn't drive home the political nature of what uh, they're doing to the president in New York City alone, uh, let alone never mind what's going on in Georgia with the prosecutor uh, down there who's elected, who's sleeping with the, the top prosecutor and meeting ahead of time with the White House to coordinate their lawsuit against Donald Trump. I mean, it's, it's just so obvious. It's the reason he's leading in the polls. People are fed up with it. American people have a sense of of justice and they do not see it in this case. They see one political party and all of these prosecutors are lefties prosecuting the leading political candidate for the other for their opponent, for their opposing political party. It's that simple. It's going on uh, all across the country right now. And it's just it's really a shame that America has devolved to this is, is what's going on here. Uh, Anyway, I have my answer to my question, Carl Middleman. Yes. Behind Kim St. On's this morning, if you're watching on the uh, the, the studio cameras here on Twitter uh, or on Facebook, you will see a picture of Nick Offerman doing his Yule Log sitting, which he apparently recorded back in like 2016 or 2015. He spent 45 minutes in front of this roaring fire doing nothing other than Sitting in a big comfortable chair enjoying a glass of something, and they blurred out the name of what it is on the bottle. and I was dying to know <laughs> it's Lagavulin single malt scotch whiskey. That sounds is what he's drinking, expensive. It does sound expensive, but you can't tell from the video, like they blurred it out. You can't see, I guess they weren't going to do advertising for them for however long this existed on YouTube.
0: <clears throat> well, still there. Could you imagine how sad you would be if you found out that he actually doesn't like even drinking that? Oh, because that was yes. like his I mean, that was his character. Oh, right? I know. Remember I know. for his birthday, Leslie got him like he was watching a movie and he had a steak and he had whiskey. <sighs> of her bourbon. I don't know what it was. Uh,
1: he doesn't really believe anything that he said on that show that, that that's never going to stop me from playing the bites forever. It's never
2: too early to learn that the government is a greedy piglet that suckles on a taxpayer's teat until they
3: have sore, chapped nipples. Uh,
1: Yes, indeed. Thank you, Ron Swanson. And Ethan says that is exactly (laughs) what he drank. That's the bottle that Leslie bought him on the show. Oh, Oh, it is? That's cool. All right. I like Uh, even better now. Makes more sense. I'm not the biggest Scotch fan, but I do like some of it uh, for sure. All right, Carl, it is time for us to uh, get to the shortlist here. Let's do that. please.
3: The Mark
2: Cox shortlist. (laughs) He's using this. This is just a political ploy. Trump is a dictator. He wants to be a dictator. You know, it's interesting. I did a show, Sean Hannity. Did you ever hear of him? He's
1: <laughs> <laughs> Typical Trump last night there laying it out to Brett Baier, Martha McCallum on Fox uh, when he had uh, the opportunity to talk to some voters in Iowa.
2: Could you please, I'll answer your question if you be quiet and let me make a statement, okay? What crack do you normally smoke, Mr. Biden? <laughs>
1: I want to know who that reporter was. Who is that guy? Nobody has explained that to me yet. Who asked that question to Hunter Biden?
2: Mr. chair recognizes Miss Mays from Mr. Mr. South Carolina. Thank you, Mr.
0: Chairman Comer. First of all, my first question is who bribed Hunter Biden to be here today? That's my first question.
1: Yeah, you know somebody got some money exchanged hands somewhere. Hunter Biden is making a documentary, and that's why a lot of people believe he showed up for that drama in the House Oversight Committee hearing yesterday. System wants to narrow this down to a two-horse race between Donald Trump and a puppet who they can control. And it has become increasingly clear that puppet is not a Democrat. It's not even Gavin Newsom. It's Nikki Haley. Wow. Vivek Ramaswamy firing some shots yesterday. Uh, he was not included in either of the two events we mentioned there. By the way, we do have a Twitter poll up asking what you watched last night. What's in your wallet? What did you watch on TV last night? You could have watched the Trump uh, town hall. You could have watched uh, Nikki and 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 Ron mix it up over on CNN. Maybe you watched a little bit of both, or maybe you didn't watch any of it. Go to at Mark Cox nine seven one. You got about twenty minutes left here, uh, twenty five minutes maybe to uh, to vote in the Twitter poll. And we'll have the results at the end of the show. I've been a little surprised at the results so far, to be honest. Um, I the and and it and the and it would lead me to believe that. It's just more evidence that this race is over, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, what, what I'm seeing on the Twitter poll. At Mark Cox 971 this is what Vivek Ramaswamy thinks is going to happen after the Iowa caucuses, which are Monday on a holiday, right? So everybody has the day off. It's going to be cold as hell out there, just like it's going to be here. I guess the... Football game this weekend, but the Chiefs and the Dolphins mm-hmm. are supposed to be zero degrees with a 20 mile an hour wind on top of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I covered the Iowa caucus and it is mm. freezing every time because sure. it's in the middle of winter.
1: Well, it's going to be like three degrees here. And they just Monday had a morning, ton right? of
0: snow okay. in that area.
1: But it, it, these caucuses are pretty small to begin with. Well, numbers it, wise, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's structured so differently with the Republican side versus the Democratic side. Republicans, you go. That's what I covered. And you go sit there and you people literally put pieces of paper with the candidate they wanted to vote for in like a hat or a basket. And then we watched everybody furiously counting them. The Democrat, it's like horse. It's like it's um, horse trading, horse racing, where you're trying to you have to have it. You have to meet a certain threshold. Um, And I forget what that is. I'll have to talk to some of my friends still in that market who covered these caucuses and have covered several of them. But you you're trying to convince people to come over to your side and support your candidate. Mm -hmm. So it gets kind of wild at some of these different gatherings. I I
1: went to something like that in in, uh, St. Louis County in 2016 uh, leading up to Trump's nomination. And and it got uh, pretty heated as you were uh, listening to people uh, debating each other and trying to convince them to vote on the other side so that that was uh, pretty interesting if you've never participated in it here's what uh, vivek thinks is going to happen on the 15th see what you think next up i'm going to make a prediction you're actually going to see ron desantis join nikki haley's ticket he's going to be her vp the whole game it's hiding in plain sight whatever it takes and this system will stop at nothing and i mean nothing to eliminate donald trump from contention it's disgusting that's his theory that uh, they will they will team up as a ticket. She'll be the presidential candidate. Ron DeSantis would be her vice presidential candidate, uh, is according to Vivek, and that's how they'll try to combine their 12 and 15 percent respectively into something formidable against Donald Trump for the remainder of the Republican mm, primary.
0: Not going to happen. We'll see.
1: I don't think so. I don't think, uh, I think the egos are too big on on all sides there for that to happen. Coming up, yesterday something happened in the Missouri Senate. That's the exact reason why I think the Freedom Caucus formed in Missouri. We're going to talk to the man that's helped organize these Freedom Caucus networks around the country. His name is Andy Roth. He's going to join me right after the break. Stay tuned. So I went to the kickoff for the Missouri Freedom Caucus last week. And, of course, Bill Igle, who's running for governor, he's a state senator, is a member of the Freedom Caucus. And he was a member of the Conservative Caucus before that. So yesterday, on the floor of the Missouri Senate, Bill Igle suggested a rule change. And it's pretty simple. It would require bills to sit for two days before coming to a vote. So, in other words, if massive changes were made to omnibus bills, it would give staffers and senators a chance to read them before they had to rush to the floor to vote on it. The, the rule change failed 23 to 7. The only seven people that voted for it were members of the Freedom Caucus. How could you possibly be against that idea? We complain all the time when it happens up in Congress, So uh, that's the reason we need some people down there with a little bit of common sense when it comes to these conservative issues. And I've got Andy Roth on the phone with me, president of the State Freedom Caucus Network. I had a chance to meet him out in St. Charles last Friday. Andy, welcome to the show.
3: Thanks for having me, Mark. And and let me just add to that rule change. The St. Louis Post-Dispatch, which I have since learned is nicknamed the post Disgrace, had a headline this morning saying hardliners in the freedom caucus delivered first failure or something like that and then they go into the article and explain what a common sense proposal this is and and they're labeling us as hardliners which is outrageous and then when you look into the comment section of the article everybody's like this is a great idea why aren't we doing this well why and wouldn't so- you
1: yeah why wouldn't you want to give people Extra time to do that, unless, of course, your real goal is to force people like Bill Eigel, who's who is running for governor, um, to have to stand up and filibuster, and then you can wag your finger at him and blame him for the failure of this bill or that bill.
3: Yeah, uh, you know the, the network I run, the State Freedom Caucus Network. We're trying to set up a Freedom Caucus in every state, and I can tell you definitively that there is a swamp. In all 50 states, there's 50 swamps, and then the DC swamp. And I can tell you that a lot of the state swamps are swampier than DC. And this is a perfect example of it.
1: Well, you know, I'm I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing. What explain to people how this idea came about because it's an offshoot of the House Freedom Caucus, correct?
3: Correct. Uh, the House Freedom Caucus in DC. Uh, a lot of people see them as sort of the conservative North Star, where conservatives across the country can look to them to get the straight facts uh, in D.C. And they launched in 2015. So they've been around for almost nine years now. And almost as soon as the House Freedom Caucus started, we had been internally talking about how we should try to do that at the state level. And state lawmakers uh, are very different from congressional members and the fact that they're part-time and a lot of them don't have staff. A lot of them don't have an office. They don't have any support structure in order to fight the swamp. And so we decided in December of 2021 to launch the State Freedom Caucus Network. And we launched in Atlanta and the Georgia Freedom Caucus was our first one. And then we went to South Carolina, and then we went to Arizona, Pennsylvania, South Dakota, on and on and on. And Missouri is our 11th one. And I couldn't be more thrilled to be working with Bill Igel and the Missouri Freedom Caucus chairman, Rick Bratton and the others, I think it's going to be a a marvelous success.
0: Mr. Roth, this is Kim. I feel like the most important thing here is it really holds these lawmakers accountable to make sure that they're voting for things that uphold conservative values that matter to all of us. That's the reason why we elected them.
3: Yeah, you know the the sad thing is most people don't know who their state rep is or their state True. senator. Right. And and when they turn on the TV, they're not learning about what's happening in Jeff City necessarily. They're learning about what's happening in DC and the war in Ukraine and inflation. But there are a lot of issues that hit home for a lot of families, whether it's school choice, pornography in the classroom, COVID mandates, all of that is happening. Uh, in the dark, so to speak, in Jeff City and the other 49 capitals. So it's absolutely imperative that people know what's going on there. And the one thing that we bring more than almost anything else is that we're loud and we make sure people know what's happening. And I think that's crucial. Yeah. Where where can people go to find out more about it, uh, Andy? Yeah, I would do two things. I would go to our website at statefreedomcaucus.org, and you can see a list of all the Missouri Freedom Caucus members, plus all the members in our other states. And then I would follow uh, the Missouri Freedom Caucus on Twitter. Their handle is at MO Freedom Caucus. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's good uh, because I love the North Star reference. Uh, if you got a question about whether it's conservative or not, this is a good place to start. And I appreciate that. Andy Roth, thanks for your time this morning. You
3: bet. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Take you're a
1: great American. Thanks for what you do. We we appreciate that. Yeah, somebody's got to stand up and remind them why they got elected down there in, in Jeff City to begin with. Unbelievable. Hey, coming up, Griff Jenkins is going to join us. I wonder if Griff was around for that mess in the house yesterday. We'll be back in just a minute.
2: In Kiev Ukraine, Griff Jenkins, Fox News. Along the southern border, Griff Jenkins, Fox News. At the White House, Griff Jenkins, Fox News. In St. Louis, Griff Jenkins, Fox News.
1: Tell me where in the world is Griff Jenkins? Watch your back. All right, following around a jelly roll, man. I'm getting hungry this morning. What's going on?
2: Listen, I am on the Capitol Hill in the Senate Dirksen room 538 where they're about to have a hearing on fentanyl, and I don't care if you're in Iowa for some caucuses, some (laughs) town hall, or you're next to Bill Belichick who just got canned. From an illustrious, legendary career up in New England. I am going to talk to Jelly Roll, rapper, by the way, <laughs> first, that turned into huge country music star. Talk to him about why he's testifying and addressing using his voice, his star power, now to put a spotlight on fentanyl, which you and I have talked about countless times on this show, about how deadly it is. 150 people in a day die from fentanyl overdose. And here's a guy who beat his own addictions, is in and out of prison like 40 times. And he said he apparently talking to the the committee here. I said, "How'd you end up getting him?" He said, D- "His people just reached out and said he wanted to to add his voice." So, going to be kind of cool. And by the way, just uh, to prepare your listeners for the what if scenario: if Jelly Roll walks down the hall, this is how it works on the hill. You just kind of stake out like an assassin. And then when VIPs yesterday, it was Hunter Biden, which no one was even ready for. <laughs> today we know jelly rolls hopefully coming i may have to interview him while i'm talking to you
1: <laughs> oh cool yeah that's cool no we get that so were you up there griff yesterday when hunter biden was there
2: you know i was not on the hill yesterday i was working on a story that violence in ecuador is actually really bad you may have seen a blurb here and there it's going to add to our border crisis okay. uh, there's i can connect those dots little uh uh, obvious things are not working there. It's going to push them out of that country. They're going to end up in our country. But um, I missed it yesterday. But, you know, the, the the spectacle of Hunter Biden on the Hill was really one that hasn't shocked, you know, those of us that are up, hill, up here every day. Uh, we haven't seen one of those in a long time. And 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 it's clear now, say what you will about it, no matter how you feel about whether he did anything wrong or not. It's clear that his attorney, Abby Lowell, who is one of the most seasoned Washington attorneys uh, in history, has decided, let's put this on a PR footing, forget the legal ramification, and get it out there, because he is defying a subpoena to do a deposition. And that is how it is always done across both parties in decades of these things happening. And he is instead choosing to show up and sit in the front row of course, he got out when uh, MTG decided to start asking questions, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> it's clear now he he's going to take a PR tack and hope to win the court of public opinion and make it go away that way. I'm not sure he's going to be successful from a legal standpoint.
1: Yeah. Uh, as you keep your eye out for jelly roll, I have a friend who's an attorney here and pretty savvy on a lot of these matters, and he wonders if if this isn't, uh, hunter biden taking his fate into his own hands and kind of threatening the biden administration a little bit because maybe he doesn't want to hang around and hope his dad gets reelected, waiting for a pardon but kind of wants to force their hand up front
2: so so your legal friend is extremely insightful now why would that be the case because again i bring it back to you've got an attorney like abby lowell that knows hey we're not just sending a message to the media that's covering this and trying to get in front of the PR thing. We're going to send a message to the White House and the folks that might decide to you know, let uh, Hunter Biden take the fall that he, he has his own designs. At the end of the day, Abby Lowell has only one individual on God's green earth that he cares about and is looking out for, and that's his client. Hunter Biden, and so there's a lot of messages I think being sent. And to be honest, if you're looking at it from a strategy standpoint, it's a pretty smart one because it certainly got the White House's attention. You saw Karen Jean Pierre yesterday, by the way, struggling on questions. This. She just kept saying the same things, and uh, he's not a member of the White House. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, really? Because he's having a pretty damn big impact.
1: You know, I I played this bite earlier and Kim quizzed me on it a little bit. This was from Trump's town hall last night on deporting illegals. He got this this question, Griffin. I want to get your your reaction to it to see if it's the same as Kim's.
0: How will you gather the several millions that have already entered our country illegally and return them to their country of origin?
2: Great question. It's not sustainable for our country. We have millions and millions of people here. It is not sustainable. Did you see in New York City where they're getting the regular students out and they're putting migrants in their place? We are going to have the largest deportation effort in the history of our country. We're bringing everybody back to where they came from.
1: So Kim's point to that, uh, and I don't want to put words in her mouth here, was that he didn't answer the question about how you managed to do that if you've got 7 or 10 million people that have come in just since the Biden started.
2: So, listen, I I, I would agree with the premise that uh, the suggestion that, that, that Trump didn't answer that question. And to be honest, he doesn't have a good answer because it's gotten so bad. Mark, if you look at just the data... From uh, the the fiscal year 2023, we know about what ICE did and in the removals, as they say, they had more than 2.4, nearly 2.4 million encounters at the border, and they removed by deportation 142,000 people. That's like three or four percent. Yeah. And so, yeah. what do you if you're moving 142,000 out of two, nearly two and a half million, like? You tell me how you're going to do it. We don't have enough airplanes in America presently to remove those kind of numbers. And so, you know, I think her question at that town hall was great, and I don't think that President Trump – I mean, look, President Trump's talking tough, and he's clearly going to lock down the border. This administration favors a policy of mass release. We now know 85 percent or more of the people that come across that border are, A, being released with a notice to appear with a court hearing that they see as a legal immigration proceeding – Migrancy, it is as a way to cross the border illegally and go get a job and stay. And they they also know that the numbers are becoming so large. You know, strength in numbers is is not only a cliche; it's accurate in this case because there, at some point you're not going to be able to deport them all. So I don't I don't know how he's planning on doing that. There's certainly not anything in there. And I hope out of the negotiations here in the Senate, where I'm standing, I hope that. They do have some hardline language that allocates funding for detention and removal increases because we could barely uh, get 142000 out last year. What about this year? The numbers are, are, are record-breaking.
0: At the very least, you cannot be having them stay at a high school and forcing the students <laughs> to go virtual. Yeah. There has to yeah. be another solution to that.
2: Issue. Well, and, you know, by the way, I watched that tunnel last night, and I took a little bit of a too, with Trump because he said, you know, it's never been more secure, et cetera, et cetera. And it's way worse, obviously, glaringly under the Biden administration because of the policy shift. But he didn't build the wall, and Mexico sure as hell didn't pay for it. And so, you know, I think we're at a point now where Trump is going to learn in this cycle, and he certainly is on track to lock the nomination, it looks like, and he was very on his game last night. He needs to fine-tune this border language because people that have been experiencing, covering, going through the last year and a half, two years, realizes that he needs sensible solutions that are practical that will work. All right, Griff,
1: uh, tell uh, Jason Bradley DeFord we said hello when he walks by. I will indeed. I'll try and get him to come to the Mark Cox show. <laughs> we appreciate it, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. See you, man. Have a yep. good weekend. Thank you Bye. very much. You know, uh, to, to to Griff's point there, whatever your criticism of of, of what Trump did or, or didn't do in terms of building the wall during his administration, he did a hell of a lot more than any president's yep. done in 25 years. Yep. He, he figured out a way, despite headwinds at every turn in Congress, to make agreements with Mexico, the stay in Mexico policy. He, he tried to start building the wall with what funds he could get appropriated. Congress wouldn't appropriate anymore. He, I mean, he did what he did, he did what he could do. Um, I, I, I am critical of how you deport all these people because we have due process in this country, unfortunately, and even though they're illegal, once they've been accepted into the country and rubber stamped, you have to follow a certain process that takes a while, mm-hmm. a while. And unless you get a Donald Trump for four years and a Ron DeSantis for the next eight, um, you you're going to run it. You can't do in four years what he wants to do. It's yeah. just not possible.
0: Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know possible. what the plan would be to do that. I think yeah. something needs to be done, but not to go back on this really fast. I know we have to go to break. But how did Jason DeFord come up with the name Jelly Roll and why? It's just a goofy name, right? <laughs> I,
1: I hey, agree. I'm Jelly Roll. I don't. I have no idea how he came up with that. He needed a rapper, country rapper name, I guess, and jelly roll. Maybe he liked jelly rolls.
0: <laughs> I could go for a jelly roll.
1: I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not fat shaming him, but he looks like he might have eaten a jelly roll. He's a big guy. <laughs> He's a big boy. He is a big boy. I've seen him at the uh, Country Music Awards this year. All right, we'll be back in just a minute.
0: Drake University, don't day. turn this into a drinking game because you will be overserved by the end of the night.
1: Ooh, no! Nikki Haley with her. Um, Sound bite of the night, I think, from their debate. I didn't watch the whole thing. I didn't watch it. Let me just put it that way. That's why I put this Twitter poll out. Because you had a clear choice last night, and I don't want to switch back and forth. I wanted to see what Donald Trump had to say in this town hall. And I'm sure Trump uh, and Fox dwarfed CNN's ratings last night. But I was interested to know what you were doing. Were you watching both? Were you watching just one or the other? Or didn't you not watch either of them? And the twenty-four results are in 57 percent of you who voted didn't watch either of them. Neither one Yeah. Uh Trump and Fox won at 24 percent. Haley DeSantis, CNN at 16 percent and only three percent admitted flipping back and forth and watching both.
0: That's too exhausting.
1: <laughs> it would be too exhausting. Here's here's what I draw from that. I think that 57% of people didn't watch either have made their mind up, right? They didn't need to see it again. They've heard what they needed to know. That's why I didn't watch Haley and DeSantis. They're not going to be the choice anyway, and I don't need to hear what they had to say. They were just beating each other up. Um, I wanted to hear what how President Trump would handle some of the questions about the pending suits and uh, things like that, so that, that, in, that piqued my interest. Um, he took a few jabs at Fox while he was on there, which I thought was interesting. But oh, running, running away. Fifty-seven percent of people did not watch. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I find that interesting too. I actually am in that camp because I had an event last night to go to and ran late. And I came home and I'm like, I gotta go to bed. So
1: now Brad but Range, I watched Brad Range was kind of messing with us here. It looks like a little bit. He tweeted, "Hey, look at this guy. He's got a thumb and a DVR. He recorded, watched <laughs> DVR, one, recorded the other.
3: You
0: say, yeah. what's that? I forget." <laughs> Aren't those obsolete a now? Digital
1: video recorder. Mm-hmm. So I DVRs don't know if he, were are so cool when they came out. Maybe he found one at a used st- shop somewhere, a pawn shop or something. I I don't know.
0: Do you miss the blockbuster days? Wow, where you'd get that charged seems... like five dollars if you didn't turn the movie too late. If you
1: were late, mm-hmm. I know, I
0: know. My friend had one of those. Rec- it would rewind mm. the v- the mm. um, VHS, and I thought that was so cool. Like. Super fast. It would rewind it. I had one. Like, I want one of those.
1: told my daughter the other day uh, while while I was teasing her about her Stanley that because I had the original Stanley, um, I have an original Stanley Thermos that's probably 50 years old and she didn't believe that it was the same company. I I don't know why. I didn't know that. Because she thinks hers is cool and this one wasn't. Yours is not. Yeah. Um, But I was telling her, I was reminding her that when Netflix first came out, you had to get it by mail. Mm-hmm. They would mail you the DVD to watch whatever movie you're going to, and she thought I was lying to her. Yeah. She'd just convinced, there's no way. That's real.
0: By the way, apparently Jelly Roll got his nickname from his mom. That's oh. what someone's saying on Facebook. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter where he got it. It's a goofy name.
1: My little Jelly Roll. I can hear her saying it now. He's my he was little Jelly He's a chubby roll. baby. Yep, indeed. Alright, hey, have a great Thursday. We'll be back here Friday morning. We'll talk about the Iowa Caucuses tomorrow morning as well, since that'll be coming up